My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be thinking about the importance of sharing our testimony with other people. Now, by testimony, that word simply means an account or a record of when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. How you got saved, when you got saved, what were the circumstances leading up to your salvation experience. Just sharing that with others. I believe there are a lot of people who are truly saved and yet they've never really told anybody how they got saved or when they got saved. And so uh, by sharing that with others, we can really encourage them. We can help our family members to know about our salvation and and to know when we receive Jesus Christ. And so you've chosen a good day to listen, and I pray that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. You know, it's amazing to me how God has a way of getting His message to His people at just the right time. Now, if you're new to our church, you would have no way of knowing that on the first, third, and fifth Thursday mornings at 9.30, a group of our senior adults meet in the Grace Center. They call the Keenagers, not the teenagers. They've graduated from being teenagers, and they're the Keenagers. And they play cards and dominoes and all kind of games, and they have a nice lunch. If you're 55 and up or 65 and up and you'd ever like to join that group, you are more than welcome to be there. The get-together starts at 9.30, and it is my responsibility to give a five-minute devotional, max. How many minutes did I say? Five-minute max. And I've learned through the years on speaking at things that if you're speaking for something like that, really it's better not to prepare very much. I mean, it's just better to go in unprepared, really. And I think they would all agree with you that I go in unprepared every time. (laughs) I know some of you think I come out here unprepared. But I think if you're going to do like three, four, five minutes, it's best to have a thought. Like maybe I'm going to tell a story, or I'm going to use a Bible verse, or I'm going to use some Bible story, or tell something that happened yesterday, and not really have thought through too much about it. Because if you over-prepare, this is true even for a long, if you over-prepare, you can really mess something up. And so it's best to not be too prepared. But you have to still prepare, and I'm going to get all you teachers confused on that, but uh, Anyway, so through the years, I never let my mind think about what I'm going to say to the teenagers until Thursday morning. Usually when I'm home, if I exercise, reading my Bible, whatever, I'll say to the Lord, God, give me a thought for the teenagers. Just give me a thought, a verse, something. Maybe something from the Wednesday night sermon that I ran out of time, didn't have time to put it in. I could tell that. Just something, Lord. And my practice is... As I'm walking from the office to the Grace Center, it's about a five-minute walk max, and I just got to give me something to say. Well, last Thursday, I was leaving the house, and I had prayed that. I said, God, just give me a thought, just something simple, a story, something that would be a blessing, an encouragement to them. They don't need a sermon, just need a thought. Got in my car, backed out the driveway, had the radio on, and you know of my love for several pastors that I've mentioned through the years, and Towards the top of that list, of course, would be Charles Stanley in Atlanta. And he was preaching, and I was listening, and I just had it on from the night before on that station. And 
he made this statement. I caught the tail end of his sermon, but he said to his congregation, there are certain things that you don't want to take to the grave with you. You know, sometimes we'll talk to each other and we'll say if it's a secret or maybe somebody did you wrong and they came and apologized and they say, oh, I'm so embarrassed for what I said or what I did. Please don't tell anybody that secret. And you say back to that person, I'm going to take it to the grave with me. So normally we say it that way. I'm going to take that to the grave with me. Dr. Stanley said to his church, there's some things that you don't need to take to the grave with you. And there's something about that expression, don't take it to the grave with you, that got my attention. And I thought, what is, I've never heard, I thought I'd heard all his sermons. I hadn't heard this one. And he said, I'll tell you one thing you don't need to take to the grave with you. You don't need to take your testimony to the grave with you. And, and he talked about that for a few minutes, and he said some other things. And it just spurred a thought. And so that's what I want us to think about tonight. Don't take it to the grave with you. So if you'll open your Bibles tonight to Psalm 107, and I want you to look at verse number 2. Psalm 107, verse number 2. In fact, we're going to just be looking at the first half of verse number 2. Psalm 107 is one of the greatest psalms in all the Bible. And at the beginning of verse 2, it says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now say that with me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now say that by yourselves. Now that was not the scripture Dr. Stanley was using, at least I didn't hear him quote it, but I thought what an appropriate scripture to match his thought as we think about the fact that we don't want to take our testimony to the grave with us. What do I mean by testimony? I mean the experience that you have had with Jesus Christ when you asked him to come into your heart to forgive you of your sins and to make you a Christian. How many of you could share that. To, let me just say this. How many of you are saved and have a testimony that you could share to somebody? Just raise your hand. Now, if you raise your hand, that means that you're saved. If you didn't raise your hand, it means you're either not saved or you're so confused about your salvation that you don't have a clear testimony. But what he was saying is, if you die, and I use this with the teenagers, and I want to come back and revisit it tonight. Now, they only give me five minutes. I have a few more in here tonight, but I want to still try to make it a clean, straight shot. If you die having not shared your testimony with other people, did you know that you're going to be taking your testimony with you to the grave? Now, you were saved, you're still going to heaven, you're still going to be fine, but nobody will know your testimony. No, nobody will know the circumstances surrounding that time in your life where you came under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, where you recognized, maybe it was in a church service like this, maybe tonight if some of you were sharing your testimony, some of you old timers, you would say, you know what, I was in a small country church one night, and they started singing songs like this, on that great getting up morning, fare thee well. And I thought, what's, gonna, what's that mean? What's going to happen to me on that great getting up morning? Is it going to be well with me? Or victory in Jesus, or uh, some of the, you know, soon and very soon, or I'll fly away. And you thought, I don't know if I would fly away or not if Jesus came. And maybe part of your testimony would be that you were in a church service like this, and the songs were sung, or the preacher got up, and during that setting, the Holy Spirit convicted you. 
That although you have believed in God, you believe in the Bible, you love and respect God, you want to live a good life, that there had never been a time in your life when you had repented of those sins, received Christ by faith, and when the invitation was given, you came down, you knelt at the altar, you prayed with the pastor, and you got saved, and how that experience changed your life. Now, many of you were saved in a setting like that, but you've never told anybody. Your spouse may not even know how you were saved. Your children may not even know how you were saved. And so what we need to do is, we, yeah, there are probably some secrets we all need to take to the grave with us, but we don't need to take our testimony to the grave with us. And then Dr. Stanley said this. He said, it's not just your testimony. It's not just that experience you had at the beginning of your Christian life where you got saved, he said there are some other things that you don't need to take to the grave with you. And that is those things, those truths, those lessons that God has taught you since you got saved. Now, that really got me to thinking. Because here's the statement he made. He said, think about the Apostle Paul. Think about all the things that God had taught to the Apostle Paul when he was in those prison cells, when he was out there on those missionary journeys, when he was praying, when he was studying the Old Testament. Think about all the things that God said to Paul. What what if Paul would have received all those things from God and said, God, I thank you for showing me this. Thank you for teaching me that. Thank you for enlightening me on this. But what if Paul had never shared that with anybody? Think about this. What if he had taken that wealth of knowledge, that spiritual insight that he had, what if he had taken that to the grave with him? What would that mean practically? It would mean we wouldn't have Ephesians. We wouldn't have Philippians. We wouldn't have Romans, Galatians. All those letters that Paul wrote, all those verses that we quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. Those things that are just staples to our faith, we wouldn't have any of those things had he taken it to the grave with him. And so tonight, what I want to do in this message is to just, I just have a thought. And the thought is when it comes to your testimony and when it comes to the lesson the truths, the things that God has shown you and taught you, don't take it to the grave with you. I remember several years ago when my dad had been here about 24 years and he was getting ready for his 25th anniversary here at the church and we were finishing up the worship center and the school was, everything was busy at the school, busy at the church and one day I happened to say to him, I said, Dad, I've got an idea of something that you need to do. Don't you love it when somebody tells you what you need to do? And I said, for your 25th anniversary at First Baptist, you ought to sit down and make a list of the 10 greatest lessons that God has ever taught you in almost 50 years of ministry and almost 70 years of being saved. You ought to just make a list, and you ought to write a booklet. And he said, oh, John, nobody want to read that. I said, that's not true. Everybody want to read it. And he said, second of all, I don't have time to do it church is busy. We're doing all this at the thing, at the church, and the school's busy. And he said, I don't know when I would do it. And I said, well, I don't know when you would do it either, but if you'll just do that, I'll help you edit it. We'll get it uh, cleaned up. We'll get it to the printer. But if you would just sit down, make a list, and write the stories, write the things, tell some lesson that you learned, and then write the context in which God taught you that lesson. And he actually devoted a considerable amount of time to that, probably two or three months on and off working on that. And he wrote his little booklet, 
that he called where God guides, God provides. Because all through my life, I come up, I can't, I've come up hearing that. Where God guides, God provides. Heard it from him. I said, that ought to be your title. And you ought to write this booklet and just tell us what you've learned. And he did. And it is an invaluable, especially to, like, I'm family. So obviously it means a lot to me. But I think to our church family, it does as well. But he took the time just to write down some things that he had learned, some lessons. And so tonight, I'm asking you this question. Have you ever shared your testimony with anybody? Have you ever shared with another person two or three or four or five or ten of the greatest things that God has ever taught you in your life? You say, John, how exactly are we supposed to share our testimonies and how exactly are we supposed to share all these lessons that God has given us? Let me give you three ways. You might want to just jot these down right now. Number one way that you can make sure that you don't carry all that to the grave, you share those things naturally. Naturally. In other words, in the traffic patterns of life, in your daily life, you're going to be places. You're going to get in conversations where God comes up. Or maybe even God doesn't come up. Maybe some topic comes up. Maybe some problem comes up. Maybe something comes up. And you can kind of, in a, in a smooth, roundabout, non-preacher way, you can just kind of say, you know, I, I was in a situation kind of like that. Or I was in a situation similar to that. And let me just tell you one of, the, one of the greatest things God taught me. And they're going to say, what was that? You know, God taught me when I was going through something similar to what you're going through, that He is absolutely in control of every detail of our lives. You just share that. Or you could say to that person, you could say, you know, one of the greatest lessons God ever taught me. And you have to be careful. If somebody's going through grief, they don't need a sermon. They don't even need you to say anything. In that moment, they need to just be there and listen and be quiet. But if, if they're wanting to talk and they're wanting to get all this out and they're seeking out counsel, you could say to that person, you know one of the greatest things God ever taught me? They would say, what's that? God taught me through a series of events in my life that every problem has a purpose. And you could say to your friends, you know, I don't know what the purpose of this is. See, you always want to, when you're talking to somebody about God, you have got to be... Uh, non-threatening. You have got to figure out a way to relax them so that they, because when you start talking to somebody about God, especially if they're not saved, they have defenses up, barriers up, they're already nervous, they're afraid you're going to ask them some question they don't know or you're going to get on to them for not going to church or you're going to judge them and be holier than them. Somehow, and if we'll think about it, it's not that hard if we would just be real about it, you've got to get right there on the same level they're on. And you've got to help them to understand that they're no worse of a sinner than you are. And that will endear you to them and it'll help you to be a lot better soul winner. But you could just say to that person, you know what, I don't know, I don't know this situation you're in. It wouldn't be for me to tell you, but I believe this with all my heart. Every problem has a purpose. And I don't know what God's purpose was in allowing this problem into your life, but I believe he has a purpose. And I'm going to just pray in the days ahead that God will make it clear why he has allowed this problem into your life. And I just encourage you to trust him. And so what I'm saying is we get out there in life many times naturally. We have an opportunity to share our testimony. There have been times in my life, I'm sure they have in years, where I've been talking to somebody about God. And they're, they're either not saved or they're not clear about it. And I share a little bit of my testimony with them. I say, you know what, of course, I've been in church all my life and I said, I, when I was a child, 
I think that's when I got saved. I really do believe that. But when I got to be older, I had all kind of doubts about that. I just wasn't sure. And I didn't have peace. And I didn't have the full assurance of my salvation. And one day, I just got all that settled. And I said, Lord, I can't live like this anymore. And I just, I just made sure that I was saved. Well, see, that, a testimony like that, that, people can identify with that. People, I mean, people relate to that because they're sitting there thinking, well, you know, I don't know whether I'm saved or not either. And so you share that. And it's in a very natural way, and then you might could just take it one step further and say, you know what I had to do? I just had to bow my head in prayer and say, Lord, I want to know for sure that I'm saved, and I ask you now to come into my heart and make me a Christian, and I trust you to save me. And it was just that simple, and when I did that, trusted Jesus, it changed my life, but I had to pray that prayer. And, you know, you say the Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you, you can say, you know, I never want to be pushy. And this, this decision is between you and God. But if you would like for me to, I can help you pray that prayer right now. And a lot of times, in fact, most of the time, people say, well, I think I'd like to do that. Sometimes people will say, well, maybe I need to wait and think about that. And that's okay. But what I'm saying is leading somebody to Christ, leading somebody to get saved is not as hard as we think it is. For one thing, and what makes it easier than we think it is, it's not our approach, it's not our words, it's not what we say that's going to seal the deal anyway. It is the convicting power and the working of the Holy Spirit in their heart. And when we just share in a very real way, a Spirit-led way, what He's done for us, and then in their life, the Spirit is saying, well, that's what you need to do. They just get saved. So what I'm saying is, look for those natural opportunities. Family, friends, co-workers, when you go to school, and just share your testimony naturally. The second way we can share our testimony is intentionally. In other words, we, it, it's not natural. It, it's not in the natural. I hope it's natural, but it's not in a natural setting. God puts somebody on our hearts who's not saved, or maybe we don't know that they're saved. And we just go to them. Maybe you've been working with somebody at one of the plants for years and years. And they're a good, they're, he's a good guy or she's a good gal, but you don't know whether or not they're saved. And God puts on your heart. You know, all these years you've been knowing them. You've never talked to them one time about their relationship with God. And so you would need to intentionally go to that person. And you still need to be tender. You need to be a little bit, you know, Laid back, you don't need to be in their face, you, you need to make them feel comfortable, you need to make sure that it's God leading you, and you could just say to that friend of yours, you say, you know what, all these years, you just be honest, it's never wrong to be honest, you could say to that person, you know, all these years that we've been friends, I got thinking last night at home, I have never shared with you how I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and how I got saved. See, if you start it that way, you're not talking to them about whether they're saved. You get in a setting like that, you go to Shell tomorrow and you say, you know, I've been working with you for 20 years and I never have asked you. You think when you die you're going to heaven or hell. How are you feeling about that? You may blow the whole plan up out there. With something. That's going to make somebody nervous. But if you start out and just say, would you mind if I... We're great friends. And yet I've never shared with you the most important thing in my life. Would you mind if I took 60 seconds and told you how I got saved? How I gave my heart to Jesus. How God changed my life. What are they going to say? They're going to say, well, absolutely. Tell them. And then at the end of that, if you feel the Spirit, you have to always be in step with the Spirit. You ask that person, you say, do you feel like there's ever been a time in your life when you did that? Or are you not quite sure? 
You have to just let God tell you what to say. Remember that passage? Sometimes people say, oh, I wouldn't know what to say in that moment. You remember that passage in the New Testament where Jesus said to his disciples, he said, because of your faith in me, you're going to be brought before the magistrates. You're going to be brought to the courts. You're going to be, you're going to be you're standing on trial. He said, in, don't worry in advance about what you're going to say. He said, because in that moment, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Now, I think there's a broader application of that just to being brought before the magistrates and the judge. I think when we're living life trying to do the best we can for God, sometimes when we get in a situation and we honestly don't know what to say, God will just give us the words. And if you just start talking, the right words will have a way of coming out. But we have to be intentional about it. So how do we share this? First of all, we do it naturally. Second, we do it intentionally. And thirdly, we do it by writing these things down. By writing these things down. One of the greatest sayings I ever heard goes something like this. Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass over the lips and through the fingertips. You know, sometimes when you're wanting to write down, like, okay, like if you went home tonight or this week sometime when you had some time, and you said, okay, what he said was right, I, I need to do that, and you sit down, and you start reflecting on some of the greatest things God's ever taught you, and you think, okay, I'm going to write that down. That saying really is true, thoughts, are the thoughts in our minds, they disentangle themselves, they clarify themselves as they pass over the lips and through the fingertips. And if you just keep passing them over the lips and through the fingertips and over the lips and through the fingertips and over the lips and through the fingertips, eventually you're going to have a clean product that somebody can read and that somebody can be blessed by. And so all of us, not just those of us who are preachers, all of us need to write down a test, our testimony of when we got saved and we need to write down a list of some of the most important things that God has ever taught us. So if you'll think about what we've talked about today, we've talked about the importance of not taking our testimony to the grave with us. We want to share that with other people so that our testimony can live on in the lives of others even after we have gone to heaven. And today we talked about sharing our testimony naturally. We talked about sharing our testimony intentionally. And then we talked about sharing our testimony by writing it down. And so I want to challenge you this week to take a few minutes and to write your testimony down. If I were to give you a blank piece of paper and a pen and say to you, take just a few minutes and write your testimony down, write down about that time when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, many of you could do that. And the thing is, if you would do that, so many people in your circle of influence could be blessed. Your, your spouse, your children, your siblings, your friends, your co-workers, the people you go to school with. And so many of you today would do yourself and others a great favor by taking just a few minutes and writing down your testimony. You could just write at the top of that piece of paper, my testimony, then put your name and then put today's date. And then just in your own words, take a paragraph or two and tell about how you received Christ as Savior. Others of you today, if I were to give you a blank piece of paper and say, now you take this paper and here's a pen and you go write your testimony down, you would have to say, well, I don't have anything to write. I don't have a testimony. Some of you would say, hey, there's never been a time in my life when I have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then others would say, 
if I gave you a blank piece of paper and a pen and said, hey, go write your testimony down, you would say, John, truth be known, I'm confused about my testimony. I'm just not sure that I'm saved. You know what you need to do today? You need to clarify your testimony. You need to go to Jesus Christ in prayer and say, Lord, I can't tell if I'm saved and the devil's trying to make me doubt it or if I'm lost and the Holy Spirit has me under conviction. But God, I'm not clear about my salvation. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a Christian. Save me, Lord. I ask you to do it, and I trust you to do it right now. And friend, if you've prayed a prayer like that, you have established your testimony today. You have clarified your testimony, and now you can write it out. Hey, on this particular day, I made 100% sure that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I would encourage you this week to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. And when you get to that website, scroll down, find a tab that says Spiritual Growth, click on it, and as you go down there, you're going to find some booklets. One of them is the one I mentioned in the sermon, uh, Where God Guides, God Provides. That's the booklet where my dad shared some of the greatest lessons he's ever learned. Read that this week. It'll be a blessing to you.